Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. work. Here we go. Okay. I'm pulling from another Neville Goddard book. Uh, I was flipping through to look for that kind of corresponded with uh, as a man thinketh, because we're going into the chapter on effective, uh, the effective thought on circumstances. So here's a thought today. Who am I? It's a question. Who am I? And I'm going to read you the paragraph that I pulled this out of. And this is Goddard again. And by the way, oh, so if you want to know what the book is, it's called uh, Five Lessons. Five Lessons by Neville Goddard. Okay. He says, the most important thing in this world to you is your concept of self. When you dislike your environment, the circumstances of life, or the behavior of other people, ask yourself, who am I? It's your answer to this question that is the cause of your dislikes. If you do not condemn self, there will be no person in your world to condemn you. If you're living in the consciousness of your ideal, you will see that there is nothing to condemn. To the pure, all things are pure. Okay? So, I... I didn't, I, I have to admit, I didn't use the who am I uh, in, a, in a lot of my stuff. What I did was, I would say, why am I having this experience? Why am I having this experience? Which led to some version of who am I? But if you remember, we started all of this off with the, the Course in Miracles quote. Okay, so I'm just going to shoot that one to you really quick. I literally, keeping this open in my desk on a, you know, one of those things that hold a book open, a little book holder, I usually keep things that I'm studying open that way, things that I want to remember. So it says, and what's interesting about this, about this uh, uh, Course in Miracles quote is, is right above the quote, it says, God himself is incomplete without me. It's a real shift in the thinking. Uh, the truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose then what you want in these terms and accept nothing that you would not offer to God is wholly fitting for him. Who am I? Who am I? Judgment is one of the worst things that we can bring into our life as an attack against our own self. See, kind of creates a cage around us. Okay, effect on, th uh, effect on thought and circumstances. A man's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useful weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. Just as a gardener cultivates his plot, keeping it free from weeds, 
the growing flowers and the fruits which he requires, so may a man tend to the garden of his own mind, weeding out all the wrong, useless, and impure thoughts, and cultivating toward perfection the flowers and the fruits of right, of right, useful, and pure thoughts. By pursuing this process, a person sooner or later discovers that he is the master gardener of his soul and the director of his life. He also reveals within himself the laws of thought and understands with ever-increasing accuracy how the thought forces and mind elements operate in the shaping of his character, circumstances, and destiny. Thought and character are one, and character can only manifest and discover itself through environment and circumstances. The outer conditions of a person's life will always be found to be harmoniously related to his inner state. This does not mean that a man's circumstances at any given time are an indication of his entire character, but that those circumstances are so intimately connected with some vital thought element within himself that for the time being, they're indispensable to his development. Every person is where they are by the law of their being, and the thoughts which he has built into his character have brought him there. And in their arrangement of his life, there is no element of chance, but all is the result of the law which cannot err. This is just as true of those who feel out of harmony with their surroundings as of those who are contented with them. As a progressive and evolving being, man is where he is, that he may learn and that he may grow, and that his and that as he learns the spiritual lesson which any circumstance contains for him, it passes away and gives place to other circumstances. Man is buffeted by circumstances so long as he believes himself to be a creature of outside conditions. But when he realizes that he is a creative power and that he may command the hidden soil and the seeds of his being out of which circumstances grow, then he becomes the rightful master of himself. Who am I? Who am I? That circumstances grow out of, out of thought every man knows who has for any length of time practiced self-control and self-purification, for he will have noticed that the alteration of his circumstances has been the exact ratio with, with his altered mental condition. So true is that when a man earnestly applies himself to remedy and defects in his character and makes swift and marked progress, he passes rapidly through the succession of viscitudes. The soul attracts that which it secretly harbors and which it loves and also which it fears. It reaches the height of its cherished aspirations and it falls to the level of its unchastened desires. And circumstances are the means by which the soul receives its own. So when we look at uh, any situation, if we're going to if we're going to make the change and start to come from our higher self, asking who am I helps pause in the moment of a reaction and allow yourself to consciously go to a different place. Because if we just react, we're 
we're coming from whatever pre-programmed uh, pattern that we have culminating out of, the, out of that paradigm. That allows us to repeat whatever it is that we don't want because we don't actually have time to think about how we're going to react. We just react, usually emotionally. The idea is that we pause momentarily. If we can give ourselves that pause and say, who am I in this situation? We can bring ourselves to a place of higher consciousness, which we can then think from. So we're thinking from a higher to a lower, instead of reacting from a lower to a lower. Because when it, when it becomes emotional, fear, worry, doubt, jealousy, envy, hate, vindictiveness, whatever it is, we're going from a lower to a lower. A lower problem hit us, we reacted to it out of a pre-programmed pattern, usually replicating some way that our parents reacted to something or some way we saw somebody else react to something, and we just move from a lower to a lower. In the moving from a lower to a lower, we repeat the process because we reinstill the belief that whatever we're dealing with is actually real that it actually has power over us or power outside of us that we don't have control over. So the idea is that if that happens and I stop and say, hold it, who am I? And you can even do this in a conversation. You could be having a conversation with somebody, the conversation's not necessarily going well, and in your mind, you quietly pause and just say, who am I? Give your chance, yourself a chance to pull out of the emotional reaction and then determine how do I want to come from a higher to a lower? Because if I come from a higher to a lower, I can change, I can change the circumstance that I'm experiencing. It can be changed. I can change the outcome. I also don't have to accept somebody else's triggered emotional response as being true for my life. That's their response. That's their perception. They can have their response. They can have their respect, their perception. Okay, I made a note in this years ago for this next paragraph that says, Einstein said he wanted to know God's thoughts. It, it was really important um, because Einstein felt that we deified the intellect, that, we re that, that that's what humanity had really done. We had deified the intellect. And when we deified the intellect, we became bound by the parameters uh, of basically scientific knowledge around anything. This paragraph says, every thought seed sown or allowed to fall into the mind and to take root there produces its own, blossoming sooner or later into act and bearing its own fruitage of opportunity and circumstance. Good thoughts bear good fruits, bad thoughts bear bad fruits. Everything that happens provides some kind of a suggestion for us to think something. That's why I put this note in here. Einstein wanted to know God's thoughts. So if I say, who am I? If I go back to the idea God is himself is incomplete without me, if I really start to raise my consciousness and see myself one with God or whatever your belief about God is, 
you, you remove yourself, you allow yourself to step out of the boundary of suggestion because there's tremendous boundaries in suggestion. Most suggestion is based on some kind of reality a person is experiencing and it's mixed with truth, it's mixed with complete falsehood, and it's mixed with the, the story of that person's experience within the circumstance itself. But what we want to do is we want to get to truth. The outer world of circumstance shapes itself to the inner world of thought, and both pleasant and unpleasant external conditions are factors which make for the ultimate good of the individual. As a reaper of its own harvest, man learns both by suffering and bliss. Following the inmost desires, aspirations, and thoughts by which he allows himself to be dominated, uh, pursuing the will of a wisps, uh, impure imaginings, or steadfastly walking the highway of a strong and high endeavor, a person at last arrives at their fruition and fulfillment in the outer conditions of their life. The laws of growth and adjustment everywhere obtain. A man does not come to the almshouse or the jail by the tyranny of fate or circumstance, but by the pathway of groveling thoughts and base desires. Nor does a pure-minded man fall subtly into crime by stress and any mere external force. The criminal thought had long been secretly fostered in the heart, and the hour of opportunity revealed itself and gathered its power. Circumstance does not make the man, it reveals him to himself. Viktor Frankl, who was a Jewish psychiatrist, in, in, he was in a Nazi concentration camp, and, and he wrote a, a great book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he said in the book that regardless of how bad that they were abused and mistreated, Nobody could cause him to think something that he did not consciously want to choose to think. And he draws a, a, an amazing correlation in the book to the people that he was helping within that concentration camp by holding the thoughts uh, of what they desired as an outcome versus being sucked into the reality of the concentration camp itself actually caused them to be looked over and their lives were spared. by choosing the thoughts that they wanted to hold instead of being a victim of circumstance in the moment. No such conditions can exist as descending into, into vice and its attendant sufferings apart from the, uh, the vicious inclinations or as ascending into the virtue, its pure happiness without continued cultivation of virtuous aspirations. And man, therefore, is the Lord and master of thought, is the maker of himself, is the shaper and author of environment. Even at birth, the soul comes uh, to its own, and, every, and through every step of its earthly pilgrimage, it attracts those combinations of condition, convic, uh, conditions which reveal itself, which are the reflections of its own purity and impurity, its strength and weakness. People do not attract what they want, but that what they are. Their whims, fancies, and ambitions are thwarted at every step, but their inmost thoughts and desires are fed with their own food, be it foul or clean. The divinity that shapes on the ends is in ourselves. It's our very self. 
Man is manacled only by himself. Thought and action are the jailers of fate. They imprison, being base. They are also the angels of freedom, and they liberate, being noble. Not what he wishes and pray for does a man get, but what he justly earns. He wishes, his wishes and prayers are only gratified and answered when they harmonize with his thoughts and actions. In the light of truth, what then is the meaning of fighting against circumstance? It means that a man is continually revolting against the effect without, while all the time he is nourishing and preserving its cause in his own heart. That cause may take the form of a conscious vice or an unconscious weakness, but whatever it is, it stubbornly retards the efforts of its possessors and thus call aloud for a remedy. People are anxious to improve their circumstances but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. Not only do they remain bound, what they do here is blame. They blame the circumstance on another person, another thing, another situation, another wrongdoing, and they demand that those things change in hopes that their circumstance will change, but it never changes their circumstance. And then what they do is they gather in large groups, all with the same problem, deluding themselves that the outside world is the cause of their problem. A man does not shrink from self-crucifixion and can never fail to accomplish the object of which his heart is set. This is, a, this is as true of earthly as of heavenly things. Even the man whose sole object to acquire wealth must prepare to make great personal sacrifices before he can accomplish his object, and how much more so who would realize a strong and well-poised life. Who am I? Who am I? All right, that's it for today. Make it a great day. And with everything that you come in contact with today, ask yourself before you do it, who am I? Every call, every meeting, every interaction, just pause for 10 seconds and say, who am I? You'll be greatly rewarded. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.